That was neat. I went out of body, and I was, it was really neat where I went. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to head back to my body, and I, I get here, and I'm kind of sitting quietly, and then all of a sudden, I could feel the energy of everybody in the room. I went, what are they doing here? <laughs> 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 and it took me a second to come back to really know what was going on. <laughs> that was so funny. I haven't ever had that one before. Yeah, a nice trip. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing that's been interesting, and I, I, I can't say I haven't seen this before because I know I have, but I've been very aware of it this year. You know, this year, or really this time of year, Christmas, brings up a lot of things inside of us. Uh, all kinds of things stir. And... One word that's been coming up at me a lot over the last few weeks, especially the last oh, five, ten days, I've been seeing a lot of people's auras. I've been seeing a lot in, in the words that they're speaking and their actions or reactions that they're caught up in. And that's the word expectations. This season does bring up that for us. And it's interesting because expectations will rise in front of us and actually cause us to stagnate because we're waiting. Now we wait. Okay, I expect and somebody's going to do something and I've got to wait for it to happen. And the real action that we need to stay in is in loving and in focusing our loving with God, focusing ourselves, loving with ourselves, and focusing our loving with everyone and every situation. And that keeps the energy moving. It doesn't stagnate. When expectation comes up, it's like a door or a window or a dam that, that kind of blocks the flow of that energy. And you sit there or stand there and just focus on what it is you expect to happen or you expect to be getting. And you don't move forward. And you really don't move the energy. And the flow stops and what happens when that flow of loving stops? You become stagnant, you become bored, you become disillusioned. You know, a lot of things happen because the energy isn't moving. It's the movement of loving that makes a big difference in how we feel, how we move, how we live our life. So if you find yourself not just caught up in expectation, but just in some sort of stagnation, where it seems like nothing's happening, I'm bored, I'm irritated, I'm upset, I don't know what to do. Look and see, are you really in action or are you caught up in reaction? Because when expectations rise up inside of us and we stop and we stagnate at that moment, that's a reaction. We have reacted to something that has come at us from either outside or from the inner. And we've got to look and see how can we stay in movement? How can we stay in motion? How can we stay in action? So the one thing I've been paying attention to, and I've been playing this little game inside with it, is watching the word expectation. I mean, I'll be at, I was at the filling station when I first saw it. And I'm just filling up the gas tank, and uh, there was a man in front of me, and and uh, 
I love kind of looking at people's auras or just whatever. And boy, he had all kinds of expectations running, not just one. I bet there were a dozen. And they were just kind of all floating around. And he must be very visual because they were pictorial. Sometimes it's just energy, and that's harder to understand because it's just need and want and aggravation and, you know, expectation. And so as I was looking at that, I, I realized, oh, so I went to the grocery store after that, and boy, going up and down the aisles was really interesting because all of a sudden it was just in my mind. And I don't know if it was, you know, how you start looking at a car, a particular brand of car, and all of a sudden you say, okay, well, I'm going to get a Volvo. And then you get on the street and you're driving, and you see Volvos everywhere. And you go, oh, my God, did everybody just get a Volvo? Because, you know, you never noticed them. Well, that's how this was with expectation. I really don't think about expectations. It's not in my mind to, or in my energy that I'm living, so I, I don't really notice it. But all of a sudden, it's like everybody in the grocery store was an expectation. And so I was going through, and I, I was looking at it, and I let myself look at how I handle expectations. And, and I realized the difference that I was doing that they most often were not. And that is that I don't hold my attention on what I want. I don't hold my attention on the expectation. I hold my attention on loving God and giving it up to God so that if it's meant to be in my life, God will bring it or I'll be drawn to it. If it's karmic for me, then I'll be drawn to it for sure. And if it's not, and it's not in my destiny, but it can come into my life because I'm open and vulnerable to it, then it will. But if we have the expectation and it's blocking us, it's stopping us, we're stagnant and not in action, then it is really going to be hard for it to come into our life because there's no movement of energy. So the one thing that I would say for the next few days, especially with Christmas and the new year here, look and see, are you living in expectation? Are you allowing it to run inside of you and to run you? It's fine to have expectation. It's a good way to set goals. It's a good way to, to get a direction. It's, it's, just, it's an interesting energy, but it's also a very good way to not move forward, to not allow things in, or to not be in action to manifest it in your life. Because a lot of times the expectations we have, really <laughs> those things that we're wanting, whether it be a relationship, a car, a new job, or whatever, a lot of it is dependent upon us staying in action and moving for it, doing it. It's not just going to drop in our lap. I've known people over the years that lose their job, and they just sit at home waiting for somebody to call them and say, oh, I got a job for you, or oh, I know somebody who's got a job, let's go and get it. And, and they don't go out looking, they don't put the energy out, they don't get a resume together, they don't go and apply for a job, and, and that's, that's a big one. <laughs> it's about keeping in action, keeping in motion, keeping focused. And then be aware you have your expectations and allow them. There's nothing wrong with them. 
But if they're running you, then it really isn't healthy, spiritually or physically. But if you have expectations and you are also living your life both focused in God and in the world, to do the world, (coughs) and you're not letting expectations get in the way, you can bring those expectations into life, form in some way. Maybe not to the fullest, (coughs) but, but you can bring them forward. So you might not get a Volvo, you might get a Ford, but... <laughs> so, pay attention. The one thing that I've done with expectations, as I said earlier, is I always give them up to God immediately, as soon as I am really aware of it. Because I know what I'll do with expectations. I will stagnate. <laughs> I will um, embellish it add to it, believe into it, need it, want it. And with all of that, I will stagnate. I will get caught up in just like, oh, golly, I've got to have that. How do I get that? Got to get it now. I can't wait. And so I know how I am with that. So I know that I've got to keep giving it up to God all the time, all the time. And that really keeps me in action. And I've learned that that's the best action for me to do to (laughs) allow myself, one, to move on past that expectation and not let it block me. But also it's a way of allowing the expectation to live with me in harmony so that if it's meant to happen, it will come about. And it's very sometimes surprising how those things do manifest in my life. If I'm giving it up to God, if I'm moving forward, if I'm doing my part. (coughs) So look and see. What do you do with your expectations? Do you have expectations? Maybe not. Maybe you've given up now. And so it's like, I don't care about anything. I'm not going to even try. And that's another side of all of that, where you just give up. Giving up isn't staying in action. Giving up is stagnating. Giving up is not in action. So if you find yourself giving up, giving up in holding for and allowing in what it is you expect in your life or whatever you might have there that has caused you to give up, look and see what it is you're doing with the energy both of giving up, and what is it you've given up? The want, the expectation, the need, the demand, the hope, the wish. And see if you can begin to see how to live beyond the giving up. Because giving up gets you nowhere. I've seen people give up, and they stay in that place for years sometimes. I knew of a man, gosh, this was way, way back when, when I was running the health food store in San Antonio, and he was running a deli down at the other end of the mall. And we became good friends. We'd meet at the bank every day and go have coffee at his deli and talk after we'd counted all the drawers before the stores were opening. And we'd sit and talk and have really good talks. 
And one day he was just down, totally blown away. So I got him to talk about it. <laughs> and his girlfriend had left him and they'd been together for eight years and went on and on and on. And he just gave up. <clears throat> he just totally gave up on himself, didn't believe in himself anymore, and did not try to have another relationship. He just kept wanting her, needing her, expecting her to somehow come back and realize what she gave up. And he did that for five, six years, just living in this limbo and torturing himself, not allowing himself to go forward to what was next, not seeing, well, okay, so maybe that karma's done. Maybe that lesson's complete. Or maybe it's not, and I've still got to learn it, but I've got to keep moving forward to be able to move into the energy of learning the lesson. <coughs> and so I learned a lot watching him over those few years of what it is to live in the pain, to live in the sorrow, to live in that energy of give up. And to me, that is just the opposite of expectation. Expectation is something that that keeps you focused and interested and wanting, but it doesn't necessarily move you forward. And give up really does stop you and stagnate you. So if you find yourself in either of those modes, <coughs> look and see what you want to do with it. What could you do different? Right now, what would you do different just in hearing all of this with what's going on in your life? And maybe it's not expectation and maybe it's not give up. But maybe you realize in looking at it that you stagnated. That you're not in action, you're in reaction, you're in shutdown mode, you're in blame, or whatever it might be called. What could you do right now to begin to change that for yourself? And realize you are the creator of the problem. You are the creator of the energy that you're caught up in. And so as the creator, you have the authority to change the creation. And that's something that God tells the soul every day. I have created you, soul, but you have created your life. You are the creator and you are in charge of that creation. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to live that creation? And that's important. Because often we look to God and go, why, why me? What did I do? Was I that bad? Oh my God, was I really that bad that you're doing this to me? And I say that because I hear it. I've heard people say that, so I'm sure you all have in some form or another. And maybe you said it too. Well, realize God didn't put you in this place. God, God did not create your life. God gave you life. God gave you awareness. God gave you a purpose. God gave you a means by which to experience life his life. But what you have in your life right now is your creation. It's your doing. It's your actions and your reactions that got you right where you are right now. Oh my God. Isn't that wonderful?
<laughs> or isn't that terrible? <laughs> However you want to look at it. It's hard sometimes to take responsibility. It's hard to, sometimes to take the blame. It's easy to blame other people. And we don't want anybody to blame us, and we don't blame ourselves. It's not my fault. <coughs> they fired me because somebody talked behind my back. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm good. They wouldn't have fired me other than what was going on behind my back. Well, maybe you might want to sit down and look and see what were you doing that made people talk about you behind your back that got you fired, if that's the case. All I know is that I have heard this inside so many times that you are the creator of your happiness and of your mess. You are responsible for your creation. So live life responsibly. And you don't know necessarily the choices you made to get right where you are today. A lot of those choices were made in other lifetimes. And a lot of the choices were made unconsciously in this lifetime. Just out of reaction. And oftentimes we don't even know what's going on when we're in reaction. We just react. We don't know where that came from. My God, why did I do that? Why did I blow up at them? Why am I throwing things? <laughs> 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 yeah. I was with a couple one time years ago again in San Antonio. And I mean, we were having a nice talk. She had cooked a dinner and we were sitting there talking and, and we were just talking about I don't know what. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you could see in his face this mood, I mean, this change came over him. And I could feel it, and I could see it, and all of a sudden I could see her reacting to it, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, and, and she didn't know what to do. And he got up, and he was going to go into the kitchen, I thought, for something. He went over, and he just put his fist through the wall. And he turned to her, and he said, you better get him out of here, and then we got to talk. And she said, please don't leave. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, like, yeah, right. Don't leave. <laughs> I don't want to be a wall. <laughs> you know, and he just said he'd better leave. We got to talk. And apparently, he had done this many times over their marriage, where he just would all of a sudden go into a rage and destroy things or hit her and so I sat there for a while and he just got so mad that he finally got in the car and left and so we I sat there with her and we talked and went through some things and he came back later uh, that evening and came in and he had calmed down and he apologized to her he apologized to me and he says I don't know what goes on in me but sometimes it just comes up inside of me and I just want to kill. 
I just got to kill something. I got to hit it. And it was just an amazing thing. So we started talking, and he realized as we were talking that he used to watch his father react in similar ways, not exactly the way he was, but in similar ways. And that's where he realized it was coming from, that he learned how to do this from his father. And he also realized that there was nothing really going on to react to. I mean, we were just sitting there talking, and all of a sudden he's in reaction. And it was just something inside of him that he, as a child, in fear went into when his father would react. And he realized that when something happens or said in his life where he became fearful, he would go into the same rage. And it was fear that stimulated it. And so then he realized he needed to pay attention to his fears and begin to work with those. And so as he took responsibility for his fear patterns and began to move through them, not run away from them, not to avoid them, not to go into rage to push them away, he began to calm down. And all that energy of rage started dissipating. And within a year or two, he was a very, very different man. A very different man. Just from that one conversation where he finally realized why the rage? Where did it come from? And then began to look and see how to handle it. And that's what we all have to do. We are the creator of everything in our life. And it was by choice that you made it. You chose this and not that, and so that took you on a little bit of a different road. <clears throat> and then you chose this and not that, so that changed your direction again. And it's just by choice that you've come to where you are. And we've maybe sidestepped so many times at avoidance that we have a lot of things following us around waiting for us to play catch-up and get these things done. So when they come up, just as expectations come up, begin to look and realize that you have a responsibility with those energies that rise up in you. Now what I do, I do this all the time. I still do it today. I look up and I just say, God, this is yours. I'm just giving this to you now because I don't know what to do with this. I really don't know what to do this right now. So I give it to you. This is my gift to you. You always want me to give to you, so here it is. I'm giving. And I'm open now to receive an answer, a solution, an understanding, a clarity, or if you please, just lift it. Just lift it and let me go free. And that can happen. But don't expect it. <laughs> but be available to it. And that's what this meditation is all about, is being available to the movement of God in your life. Be available to the movement of loving, God's loving. And God loves us so much, and God does not want us to be in pain, in separation, in aggravation, in expectation, in need or want. 
God wants us to be in fulfillment. God wants us to be in loving. God wants us to be in joy. And so God will do whatever God can do in this creation and in spirit to assist us in moving free of all those burdens that we have created for ourselves. We created them. And so because of the laws of this creation in the physical, that which we create, we are responsible to, and we must bring the imbalanced, the unbalanced state back into balance. That's karma. That's the debt. We always have to bring it back into balance in this creation before we can leave. (laughs) Well, if you invite God into all of that, God will help you to find the way to bring it into balance quickly. But give it up to God so God can do that with you. God will only come into your life if you invite God in. God does not impose God's will, love, or presence on anyone. God is ever with us. God is ever there. But if we don't invite God in, God is just going to witness with us, but not be able to participate. We have to say, come on in, Lord. I've got a mess in here. I hope you like it. Might be fun for you. But if you invite God in, God will come in. But there's another side of that that you have to pay attention to. Years ago, I was working with a gentleman, helping him to begin his process of meditation. And he had been on a psychic spiritual path, but never a true inner spiritual journey. (laughs) And so he was gung-ho, let's go, let's do this. I want it. I got to get it. I need it. And so we started the journey. I began to share with him. I began to assist him in his process inwardly and outwardly. And then one day, maybe six, seven, eight months down the line, oh, and I told him, when he told me this, the first day he told me that he wanted to do this, I said, are you ready? And he said, what? What am I ready for? And I said, if you invite God in, things are going to speed up. And they're going to move quickly. And because God wants you to move through these things and be free of them. And you're not going to be so in charge of it like you have been. You've been holding it back. You've been keeping it from being released. You've been holding on to these things, even though you're going, go away, go away, go away. Uh." (laughs) So he said, oh, no, I'm ready. Let's, Let's go. High speed. Let's go. Well, about six, seven months later, he called me one day and he said, Jim, is there a way to slow this down? (laughs) And I said, too late. You invited God in and he's not going to leave now. And sure enough, I mean, his life really sped up. Things were changing. One, two, three, four. He was elderly. He was used to living life his way and his old patterns and had settled into those patterns And all of a sudden, the patterns were crumbling. And he had to pick all the pieces up and put his life together in a new way. 
And he says, I'm not young enough for this. <laughs> I said, your soul is, even if your body isn't. So do it from your soul. But he did it. He kept moving forward. He had no choice. <laughs> and do you look at your life and feel that you have no choice? Really and truly, do you have a choice? Well, yeah, you do. Because you're here and you're not watching a football game or down at the bars listening to music or whatever it might be that you might be doing right now. You're here. So you have a choice. But why do you think you've made this choice? Why do you think you choose to sit down every day and meditate or take more responsibility for yourself or do the loving, accepting, and forgiving of others and yourself? Why do you do that? Why? Those are all choices you're making. Every day. You choose to turn off the TV rather than watch it to meditate. You choose to sit down and do your journaling. You choose to listen to CDs or read a book that inspires you and serves you and answers things for you. It's because that which is God inside of you, which is your soul, is now on high-speed action to bring about a closure to not just this life, but to all of life in this existence to be free of it. So it means that somewhere in this life, in this life, consciously or unconsciously, you invited God in in a moment. You said, God, please come in. God, please help me with this. God, where are you? Show me. Come in. Be a part. And you may have just said it once. And maybe it was a reactive statement. But God will take any opportunity God can get. Even if you didn't mean it, God goes, doesn't matter. I'm here now. <laughs> you open the door and I'm not letting it close again. Yeah. You know, you know, I may not get this opportunity again for another 10 lifetimes, so I'm taking it. <laughs> That's why you're here, because somewhere in this lifetime, you said, come on in. You said, I can't do this. You do it. Or you said, show me what I'm doing wrong and help me with it. Whatever it is you said. So allow yourself to one, honor the person that you are. You've invited God into your life. Where a lot of people, they're still stuck on saying, I'll do it myself, thank you, leave me alone. I don't need you, I don't need God, I can do this. And there's a lot of people that are saying that very consciously out there right now. But they live in pain, they live in separation from themselves and from others. They live in anxiousness. They live in fear. But you've chosen something different. You've chosen to move away from all of that, to move back to center, to move back to neutrality, not living in polarity and reaction, and to 
begin to walk a different journey, that straight and narrow path that leads us to a different gate, a gate that takes us beyond this creation. And the Lord of this creation, when you've invited God in, doesn't have much choice but to allow you to begin the journey, allow you to do the walk. Now, the Lord of this creation can play all kind of games on you, including come up and even look as though this is God. And you may find yourself having followed after something for a little while that kind of misled you, a thought, a feeling, an idea, a book, a teacher statement that maybe misled you. But you catch on somewhere, all of a sudden that other voice, the true voice of God, is also saying, do you really think that's true? Do you really think that's working? You know, I've not had God give me a lot of direct statements like, Jim, you're supposed to be doing it this way. It's, it's, always, go, it's always more like, oh, do you really want to go over that door? Are you really going to open it? <laughs> okay, but be ready. <laughs> you know, it's never like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You know, I'd, I'd love more of a direct statement like that. But we have to learn our lesson. We created it and we have to learn it. But God now, if you invited God in, can give you little hints, a little nudge. You know how I've often said, God taps us on the shoulder. I mean, what he said, I said, he whispers in your ear, he taps you on the shoulder, and then he hits you over the head with a two by four. (laughs) And that's the truth. For me, anyway, that's how it's worked. I'll tell you, catch it at the whisper if you can. It's a lot easier. The tap on the shoulder is nice, but the whisper is really the best. It's that two by four. Boy, he can get you right between the eyes every time. But that makes sense. It's that straight and narrow path where he stirs the energy to get your attention. So in this season, at Christmas, a lot more rises up on the surface than normal because there's a lot of things that took place for us in this lifetime, in this Christmas season. Promises that were made that weren't kept, expectations that we had that Santa was going to bring all these gifts for us because we got on his lap, we told him what we wanted, And we worked hard to be good all year. And why did I get all those clothes then? Come on. I wanted a bicycle. I wanted a glove. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And Santa was going to bring them. He said he's going to bring them. What happened? And all those things lead to great disappointment and disillusionment. And this time of year brings all that up. It's all stored away, consciously or unconsciously, and it all gets stirred up. You know, I've watched people go into a store when Christmas season gets close, and all of a sudden the store is decorated in Christmas, 
And the person I'm with will go, oh, no. You know, and it starts. The Christmas season is here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and for a lot of people, that's what it is. It's an oh, no. It's like, here we go again. I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to be angry. I'm not going to get anything. You know, I'm alone, whatever. So pay attention and don't let that run you anymore. Give it up to God and take responsibility. If it's a fear, face it. Live into it. Walk through it and realize there's nothing to fear. You created it and you have to dissolve it. If there's an expectation and you wanted a baseball glove and never got it, go buy yourself one. And then that will be handled. Oh, look, I got a baseball glove. I gave it to myself, but I got it. You know, I, I've done a lot of that for myself just so that it was handled, just so it was answered. You've got to answer these things inside of you so that you're free to move on. Don't live waiting for somebody to bring a baseball glove and put it under your tree. Go do it for yourself. And then on Christmas Day, open the box and get excited. And go, oh my God. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised what things like that. You've got to play with life. If you take it serious, it's miserable. But if you can play with it, it's joyful. A lot of these things I've done, I've done these for myself. That's why I share it. And I know it works. I know it works. This is how you liberate yourself. This is how you liberate yourself as a soul. And this is how you give the body consciousness the freedom to live in this life with joy, with peace, with loving. Is to remove all these barriers that stop you. And if you created it, then you've got to dissolve it. Now, another way to handle the energy is to be a giver. Be a giver to others. That's why I would save my coins all year long for Christmas. I would save them, save them, save them. And then I would take it in to the bank. I would get the, the cash and I would go and I would buy Christmas gifts for the needy, for children that didn't have anything. And I'll tell you what, that action of giving is the best action I ever could have done for myself. I did that once and I did it and still continue to do it today even through Coins for Kids. That's the best action I ever did for myself because I was able to give to another kid that wasn't going to get. Because I, I had Christmases where I didn't really get. And so I know what that feels like. And I know what that does to you inside. When everybody else is at school going, oh, look what I got. Oh, look, look, you know. And it's like you, just, you have nothing to say, nothing to show. So find how you can move the energy and go and give. Share, participate in life. And I'll tell you what, it's in the giving that you receive. So you give it up to God, and then God can give to you. You give up the problem, and God will give you the solution. 
You may not like the solution. Well, it's three tablespoons of castor oil a day. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? But that's the cure. (laughs) Yeah. Just remember the spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. (laughs) But you've got to look and see that as the responsible party here, you've got to take action. And God's just going to help you and really ease the situation for you and give you a simple solution. But you still have to do the action of solution, whatever it might be. For me, it was save my coins all year long. And I I set the intention. I never spent a nickel, a dime, a penny out of the change I got during the day with the awareness that this was going to another. The cash wasn't, the dollar bills weren't, but the change was. And it was an answer for me because every day I was giving. Every day, you know, I was spending, I was buying, but I was also giving out of every dollar in some way. And it was in that movement of giving every day, every day with a focus. And it was interesting because sometimes I needed that change. I remember one day I was going to buy some gas and I only had $3 and something cents of change in my pocket. I was out of bills. And I couldn't go to my checking account because it was so low. If I went and took it out, I'd be in trouble at the bank. So I didn't get gas. I parked the car and I had a friend pick me up and I left the car there for two days until I got a paycheck, and then I went and got gas. But I didn't spend that $3 and something cents because I just couldn't do it. It wasn't my money. I'd already given it away to somebody else, and I couldn't spend it. I was going to handle it responsibly. But boy, I wanted to. I was embarrassed to call and have somebody come up and, here's my car well, why don't you just get in your car and go? Why, what you, is it broken? Do you need to have it towed? No, 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 it's okay. Well, what's going on? Well, I'm out of gas. And they said, you're out of gas? Well, why don't you just go get some gas? I said, I just, I'll handle it. And for two days, that's how I handled my life. But I learned a lot in that lesson. I learned a great deal about being responsible for my actions and my reactions. So find ways to do this for yourself and make it fun. Just like I said, go buy the glove if that's what you need. Go buy the doll if that's what you need. Go do those things and have fun with them. Don't just buy it and throw it off in the corner and say, oh, well, that's done. No, it's not because you haven't enjoyed it. You haven't gotten the joy out of it that you intended to have when you were wanting it as a child. I used to buy toys every year for myself. Now I don't need to do that anymore, but I used to buy them every year, and I would play with them to really answer that energy inside of me and not getting at Christmas sometimes. And then one year, it was like it was answered between the action of giving in the coins to help get gifts for others 
and getting gifts for myself and playing with them, something was answered and it was like, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. But the Coins for Kids now is still an action that continues and it serves me well. And I think it serves a lot of us. When we go and we purchase these toys or these clothes or whatever it might be for the kids on their wish list, it brings the joy in the kid inside of us up. We can feel, oh my God, this is great. So I guess that's my talk for today. I don't have much else to offer than that. So enjoy, have fun this year, and pay attention. Pay attention. You have anything?